Star Wars sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars sessions. This is the way. This is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me aboard the cockpit of the Essex Falcon once again is the greatest Star Wars man, fan, and buddy out there. It's Master Blywalker, Luke Bly. How are you, friend? Hey, I am good, Matty boy. I am good. How on earth are you, you spicy, naughty man? I'm doing all right. I've gone for I've gone oh. for a San Miggy tonight. Oh, San Miggy? San Miggy, San Miguel. Four pounds for four bottles in the co-op. Yes, please. So oh, what have you got? I've got... Spark I've got water. a red stripe, mate. Red, I like a red stripe. Red stripe repping Jamaica. Yeah. Jamaica. I, like I remember um, I went to a gig with my brother and he had like two of them and was hammered and then went home to eat too much toast. Mate, red stripe, absolute filth. I love it. I love Good it. Stuff. If you ever find yourself one day in the streets of London um, during the Notting Hill Carnival. Yeah, oh man. Uh, which I can't really recommend, to be honest, because <laughs> it's chaos. <laughs> it's I'm busy, sure as... it's not everyone's cup of tea. Well, right? Unless you're there for the carnival, of course. Yeah, right, right. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but um, it's a Caribbean. It's mostly a Car- Caribbean carnival, and the the streets of London are littered with cans of red stripe and bottles of red red stripe <laughs> during that weekend, which I think is the bank holiday weekend in August. It's but dude, when it's hot, yeah. It, um, you know, we're talking about hot. Like today. It felt like spring, you know. Dude, drop it like it's hot. It was it was only about uh, 19 degrees here, which is about, I don't know, 60-something Fahrenheit. But th- yesterday, it was about 40-something Fahrenheit. So it's literally jumped up. And, all, and tomorrow's going to be even hotter. So yeah. I don't know where this has come from. But for now, lovely, whilst I'm not too clammy, I'm here for it. I went to the uh, seafront down at Lee, Leon Silla, well, South End Lee, and um, was reading a bit of Light of the Jedi, man. Oh yeah, down by the seaside. It it was great and a cheeky donuts, you know, you know. Good, it is. Of course, of course. Of course. It'd be rude. Now, It'd be rude not to, mate. It'd be rude not to. But man, it, I was like, dude, let's get in the Star Wars mood nice and early because you know this discussion, this episode we got this week, episode one oh eight, it is going mm. to be an absolute fill fest. It's going to be quality. I can't wait. But before we uh, dive face first into the filth. Uh, we've got some fun news regarding our patron again, haven't we, mate? Oh, yes, indeedy, dude. A big shout out and a big thanks to our latest patron, Gordon Brown, who has joined at the high ground. Tear. What a ledge. Fans out having an ex-prime minister as a patron, eh? Well, no, this one's for you, mate. Yeah. Nice one, mate. Yeah, we hope you enjoy everything we've put out. We've got, honestly, we say this week, month, week in, week out because we seem to be getting uh, patrons fairly regularly. And for that, we are unbelievably grateful. But the more, obviously, week by week, new stuff drops pretty much every week, three weeks out of four. We're just building up this huge catalogue of really good stuff over at Sessions yeah. HQ, isn't it, mate? Yeah, man. If we do say so ourselves. No, I, I, I totally agree. I think actually some of our best content ever 
is on our Patreon, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the journals. Um, <laughs> this month I had, uh, Arley and my <laughs> friend Winnie on. We were talking, uh, Kylo Ren, how wide he is in The Last mm. Jedi. <laughs> the yeah. girls, the girls' opinions on the sequel trilogy. We even chatted a bit of Marvel, you know, a bit of WandaVision yeah. and stuff. So very topical at the moment. It was great. It's very, it's very free flowing and easy. Um, I know you did your Jabber. And then just out the other, the other day we did pubcast. It's it's right, sick, man. Yeah, man. Jibber jabber is all about the the what if castings. You know the the people who almost took the roles in Star Wars. We almost had Kurt Russell or Al Pacino as Han Solo. We almost had Leo DiCaprio as Anakin. So I was talking about all those from OT to ST. So that was a lot of fun. And we recorded our pubcasts in a park in Basildon, uh, all socially distanced and all that good stuff uh, in the last week or so. And that has got some of the best conversations we've had as well. So patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions, $2 a month will get you everything. And we've got uh, some more things we're going to be dropping this coming month. So keep an eye out for that as well. But it's exciting times, isn't it, man? Man, it is so, so exciting. And we've got a little cheeky watch along coming, haven't we? But we'll, we'll, we'll yes. more about that another time. More about that yes. another time. But yeah, exactly. that'll be and those soon. And then patrons are getting on the round tables as well. It's all dropping. It's all popping over there. But speaking of dropping and popping, I can hear the noise and the chimes of Big Ben Kenobi, which surely means there's one thing, mate. I think, Matty Boy, I think it means it's a galactic news round. <laughs> Sebastian Stan has dismissed rumours he will play Luke Skywalker in any live-action Star Wars projects. However, he would take the role if he received Mark Hamill's blessing. Casting for Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus has been announced on StarWars.com with Kumail Nanjani, Benny Safdie, Moses Ingram, Joel Edgerton and Bonnie P.S. confirmed, amongst others. For $150,000, you can own a Star Wars Cross Studio Ultimate Collector Death Star Torbian watch that includes screen-used Kyber crystals. And Hasbro will release their latest animatronic toy, Galactic Snacking Grogu, complete with blue cookie, squid and soup this October. Hey, this is Vanessa Marshall, the voice of Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Now, this week's main discussion comes from an article that dropped a few weeks back, and one that, uh, as fate and coincidence would probably have it, seems fairly relevant within the fandom currently. But to help us with the discussion, we needed someone who's been there, seen it, got the t-shirt, and, well, wrote the article. So we're joined by Mark Newbold from Fanthatrack, Star Wars Insider, and so many more outlets. Mark, welcome to the sessions. Thank you very much. Looking forward to having a chat. Can't and it's... And, and mate, it's so nice to have another UK Star Wars guy on the show. It's not that we uh, despise anyone who's not British, you know, <laughs> we don't have a phobia of non-British people, but it's just, it's refreshing to have another Brit on the show, mate. So, uh, Mark, you're from Tracks, right? Yeah. Imagine if we have a listener listening to the show who's like, hang on, what's, 
What's Fanfatrax? What's all that about? Can you please give us a quick intro into the world that is the Fampa? Oh, oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say that if you want to catch as much news as possible, what's going on now? Bit of bit of sort of vintage stuff, bit of collecting, bit of interviews, bit of podcasting. We're a catch-all site, really, so we, we try and cover as much as we can in as positive a style as possible without being sickeningly sweet which is almost as bad as being annoying so we try and we try and you know give it a give it a good spread of, uh, of flavors of what's going on out there in star wars land that sounds good to us pretty much how we like to do it lukey boy but yeah you guys over there are very catchable and um, i remember uh, mark and the guys contributing to the empire strikes back 40th live stream event on facebook I think it was last year, but time has time has just gone past me now with lockdown, yeah. and that was so very good. So that as soon as you said collectibles, I was like, "Yeah, those guys they know collectibles." But yeah, go check out Fanta Tracks. We'll give the links at the end before Mark goes, but he's not wrong. It literally does encompass everything because it's, it's a t- it's not just you, is it? It's a team over there. Yeah, it's a whole crowd of people. There's a good like I say, it's it's UK based um galaxy focused really we've got folks from all over the place but uh, the 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 core of the team are are all the uk crowd for the most part and mark it's lovely to hear that you're part of this team and whatnot and this this ultimate avengers style assembly (laughs) of star wars geeks we love to hear it because that's that's us too Mm -hmm. but tell us a little bit about your uh love and passion for star wars you know where's that come from because you've been invested in this for a while right yeah yeah it's it's scary (laughs) (laughs) don't sound sound sad about it i know (laughs) well scarily on wednesday it's my birthday so i'm 50 on wednesday so that's uh begins yeah exactly let me hope so um (laughs) or at least continues um yeah yeah it's it's been because obviously even the uk we didn't really get it till early 78 so that's when it really Mm -hmm sort of kicked off i was sort of six when it first came across my tiny little radar that knew nothing other than you know tonka toys weebles and you know texan bars and stuff like that so throwback exactly and and really compared to anything else that was going on and there wasn't an awful lot else going on it was planet of the apes six million dollar man you know it was that kind of world um obviously doctor who Star Wars comes out and was, you know, high def, widescreen, blew me away and has never really stopped. So collecting those early toys, the Palatoy stuff, collecting Star Wars Weekly, getting the novels, getting the vinyl, you know, all the kids on the playground, which is our internet back then, you know, just talking to your mates and just sticking with it when all the other sensible ones got into girls and <laughs> and and, uh, and all the other stuff. Uh, I decided oh, I actually quite like Star Wars. I don't want to let this go. It's too much fun. You like the Wookiee. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I've done okay, I think, sticking with it. It seems to have stuck by me, so I can't complain. But yeah, it's, it's, it is it's a passion, I suppose. Uh, and it's mm. a daily thing as well. It's like anything, you know, you, yeah. you make it a routine and it, you know, you, you just stick at it and, and work at it. And sometimes it's hard work and sometimes it's too much fun. Um, but just being in and around it, it's been, it's been good. It's never, never too much fun when it comes to Star Wars. Um, You've you said you've been in it for a long time, which you, obviously you, you have. So what you know? What are the great changes you've seen within Star Wars? Because obviously, from the OT to the PT, there was like the Great Baron stretch where we just had books. The PT came along and blew up, and since then, it, the output has gone from strength to strength. So yeah. 
You know, how, how, how has things changed for you as a fan who's been there from the beginning? That's a good question because when it's happening, you don't notice it so much apart from like the seismic moments like, you know, October 2012 and just the big, the big obvious things. Um, I, I'd say, I think, you know, as a kid, you're a kid, so you're playing with the toys and you're, you're making up stories and, and so on and so forth. And then like you alluded to, you know, you get past Jedi to the Ewok films to, you know, Ewoks animated and, and droids and it starts to go fairly quiet. Uh, but then West End release the role play game. And so yep. my little D and D crowd switched over to D six West end and just role play Star Wars three nights a week for 10 years. So when it was quiet for a lot of other kids, we were making our own stories and coming up with our own characters. So for us, it was weirdly when people talk about the dark times, that was as busy as it's ever been for us because we were completely immersed in it. Um, which stood us in good stead because then we'd go off and do fan fiction and, and the first Star Wars site that I ran was a site called Lightsaber, which was predominantly initially uh, a fan fiction site that kind of developed into interviews and then news. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it has ebbed and flowed. And, you know, the 90s is is the decade. But it's almost like the lost decade of Star Wars, sadly, I think. Yeah. It really yeah. shouldn't be because, you know, at the start of the decade, you had Air to the Empire, which was such a smash yeah, it builds through you know the Sansweet collectibles book, Hasbro getting the license, you know, and releasing the figures in '95, and all the stuff you can step your way through the '90s. Shadows in '96, special editions in '97, announcement of the prequels in '97, '98, and then '99 the film comes out. Uh, but I think I'm also a Trek guy as well. Uh, you know, I write for StarTrek.com and and, and the magazine there as well. Um, and What's so. That? Yeah, we don't talk about that. Don't worry. <laughs> it's a faux pas. But, you know, in the 90s was like their golden era. So it was, mm. a, I think the 90s was such a phenomenal decade for, for sci-fi in general because obviously Bab 5 and all the other X-Files and everything else. Um, but, yeah, it's it's always been busy. But like you say, from, from Phantom Menace onwards and really right through Revenge of the Sith, it never slowed down because you, you're kind of in the wake of it all. And then Clone yeah. Wars gets, well, the live action show that never happened got announced, but Clone Wars gets announced. And it's just, it's never stopped. So keeps us busy. It's, <laughs> it is the never ending story in a way, you know, and uh, like Amazing you said, it does keep us busy. It keeps us chatting about, you know, a nice bit of a escapism, nice little escapist fantasy. Um, especially, I love the little mention of the uh, Shadows of the Empire. You know, without that, without the 90s, we wouldn't have flat top Chewbacca uh-huh. with an eye patch. Do you know what I mean? So, you True. know. Silver linings. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> listen, Mark, um, you've also done some work for StarWars.com, right? So you are actually uh, a journalist, right? That's a that's a very generous term for what I do. <laughs> You're a very good one. <laughs> so yeah, can Star you tell us? Tell, go on, go on. Sorry. No, sorry, sorry. Uh, StarWars.com is fun because when, when it started, I, started, I think my first article was in about 2009 when um, – what, what was Star Wars and Musical Journey came out of the O2, but now they call, call it Star Wars in Concert. But uh, I prefer Musical Journey. I thought it was a better title, but mm-hmm. uh, managed to get down and covered that. And, and they co- they took it on the site. And to my delight, more than getting the written article on the site was the fact that they used one of my photographs. And I am a lousy photographer. So that was, my, that was a moment. Um, and then they just started to open up the blogs to people outside of Lucasfilm and, and sort of specific people. And I, I just got lucky. I was friends with Matt Martin. So when that opportunity came along and I was at the time I was writing for Jedi news, um, myself and James sort of hopped onto the, uh, the opportunity to do stuff there at stars.com. And, and really for me, it's never really 
really stopped. Don't don't post there as often as as I used to because life's just got too busy and there's you know it's too not enough hours in the day. But yeah, yeah, it's, it is a kick. It is a kick writing on there. It's just not seeing your name on the. On yeah. the Mate, page. that's it, it's such an accomplishment to do that. And once again, it's nice that it's someone that's a little bit closer to home for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really nice to see Mark, and I, you know, it's um, it's a testament to to your hard work and effort you've put into the the the, the fan family, the Stoles fan family. So no, that's quality, mate. No, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. It's a nice little uh, feather to have in the old cap. Um, we well, you mentioned StarWars.com. You also uh, prominently feature within Star Wars Insider. Uh, if any of our listeners haven't subscribed to that. You should. It's a fabulous, fabulous monthly uh, magazine which has interviews, uh, articles. It's it's a, it's more than just that. Deep dives, superb. And Mark is uh, featured in there quite a lot. But what I wanted to ask you is, we, we've mentioned a few times that you are from the UK. I'm sure people now have listened <laughs> and, and and heard that. But what to you? What do you think are the advantages of being UK based, uh, a UK based Star Wars creator? And what what would you say are maybe a few disadvantages? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think one of the advantages, I mean, for me, who does a lot of interviews, so that's kind of become my thing, you know, mm-hmm. for, certainly for Insider, to a lesser degree for StarWars.com, and obviously with doing the podcasts and, and getting around and about to conventions, um, you have access to people that, for example, folks in the States just don't. So, you know, we, we do some interviews with, you know, any any number of oh well, I mentioned Jeremy Bullock who, who was who was a friend who obviously passed away last year. God rest his soul. Yep. Yeah, you know, and and you know, we got to know him fairly well, so we'd see him at a convention. You could go over and have a chit chat and and grab a bit of audio, basically just talk about the football because he was a Spurs, fan, <laughs> you know, and just just have a have a bit of banter and get a bit of content. And then he talked to folks in the states who were flabbergasted that you've talked you've interviewed Jeremy Bullock. Yeah, he nice. was. A, he was at Brent Cross Toys R Us last week and we got a, you know, we got half an hour with him or whatever it might be, you know. Um, so I think we've got an advantage in that sense in that a lot of the actors, especially from the original trilogy and, and from obviously from the, the sequel trilogy as well, not so much the, the PT because that was filmed mostly in Australia, but, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're living in and around us. So there's an advantage there. Um, and also to a degree, sometimes there's an advantage when you get over to American events because you're British and it does, you know, sometimes gives you a little edge because <laughs> they're so used to dealing with other Americans. For example, if you're in the states, you know, if, if you've made the effort to travel all the way from the UK, which uh, quite a few of us do, to be fair. Yeah. Um, certainly, Fanta do, and the Jedi news guys do, and there's a few, you know, groups that do. Um, I think they kind of appreciate the fact that you've one stumped up and paid for it, took the time off work, made the effort, you know. Uh, so I think that helps. Disadvantages, yeah, it, it's press stuff mostly. So obviously, Galaxy's Edge is in is in the states. You know, you don't. Not everybody gets invited to that. Some do, but a lot don't. Um, you know, there's certain events. It's usually press events, and it's nine times out of ten West Coast. Which you know, for me to hop on. Well, if I'm flying from Heathrow, it's two hours to Heathrow, three hours at the airport, eleven hours on the plane. It's not quick. It's no, no, it's not practical. So that's that's the disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah, no, big time. It's uh, Matt and I talk about this all the time, and I'm I'm really happy to be part of the UK Star Wars family. But it definitely is different; it has a different vibe to it. Um, but you know, the swings and roundabouts, right? Especially yeah. when you talk about those those events. I personally, I think it's 
it's a privilege that we we kind of live, especially uh, Matt and I, we live on the doorstep to London. You know, it takes like Matt and I like half an hour, 40 minutes to get into central London. So we're right on the doorstep. So those like pre- European premieres, those events, um, you know, they're, they're not far away. And the, yeah. the, the reality is like the, for the majority of Star Wars fans, that's just not an option. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. Very, very, very grateful. Um, but Mark, you, you wrote a really interesting article, um, and published it, I think actually a a couple months ago. And it was something that we wanted to talk to you about again. Um, and it was titled George Lucas on the prequel trilogy. I want to tell that story. Um, you published this on the 10th of January, 2021. And there's an awesome quote in, in here that, uh, goes along the lines from George Lucas saying, I told people at Lucasfilm that they're going to have to face the reality that I'm making a movie that nobody wants to see, but <laughs> I want to tell that story. I'm more interested in telling the story, uh, than I am in just doing a franchise where you tell the same story over <laughs> and over again. <gasps> Oh, is there a bit of shade there? I don't know. But Matty Boy and I just wanted to go over this because we feel like actually this has become kind of relevant again. A lot of people are talking about this all over again. Isn't that right, Matty Boy? Yeah, online there's been a bit of discourse in the last week or so about what Star Wars means to certain people within the fandom and community and, you know, has it altered from George's original vision um, but then I saw this article where George was like, you know, if people do want to see Darth Vader in a suit, like hacking people up basically, but that's, that, that's not what George wanted. George wanted to see how, in his words, a nice little kind kid who has good intentions could become Darth Vader. And also how does a democracy become a dictatorship in episode four of Star Wars, a new hope. We know, we know the Senate has been disbanded. Okay. What's the Senate? George Lucas is going to show us how we get from the democratic state. How then? How liberty dies with thunderous applause and becomes this dictatorship as we see it going forward. You know, George Lucas, I think, was very bold in doing that. But the question we posed this week to ourselves and also to our listeners was: you know, was George right to, to follow his own vision, or should he have? Should he maybe have bowed to compromise somewhat to uh, so as a bit of give and take? But um, so for the man who wrote the article, what are your thoughts on you know George's quotes and? You know, do you think he was right to plough forward of what he thought? Oh, without a doubt. Absolutely without a doubt. I mean, I think when he, when he made the original trilogy, and of course famously he, he plotted it out and realised it was too big and broke it down and, you know, made notes on various things and then the monster success that he never expected and nobody possibly could have expected yeah. happens, you know, Fox sign away sequel rights, sign away merchandise rights because they <laughs> never you know they've never come across a scenario like this and who had you know nobody had planet mm-hmm. of the apes didn't sell and yeah was it you know um dr doolittle toys didn't sell so who's going to want that so he, he you know he was ahead of the curve on that um deal of the century you could argue signing that paperwork he does it again when he sells disney to disney and makes all that money on the shares exactly. Alec guinness was happy too absolutely right exactly yeah exactly <laughs> you know and so was spielberg when they swap points and close encounters but, you know <laughs> the 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 sort of you know, he takes that original trilogy, works it up, and there's a lot of um, serendipity. And the fans have made a lot of stuff that was in there that I think he sketched rather than defined yeah. because we're Star Wars fans and we love to get granular and go into the detail. <laughs> so I think a lot of us built it up ourselves. But I think when we did that as kids back in the day, 
it didn't feel as negative as it can feel today. And that's, a, that's more of a social thing yeah. because we didn't have social media then, you know, mm. the, the, the connectivity between people, you know, we can talk to people in the States. I interviewed Kevin Carney yesterday, oh, uh, nice. you know, uh, and he was, he's in Hawaii and, it, and we were basically talking in real time. Couldn't have done that 30 years ago. Couldn't have dreamt of it uh, to have an accessibility to somebody like that. So, so the world has changed in that respect. But I think when George sat down and, and did the OT and stepped away and built up Skywalker, built the ranch, goes and works on indie, does Labyrinth, all the other things he did, and then gets the itch again like he did sort of early 90s. And famously, they all say it's the moment he saw the T-Rex of a Jurassic when he realised he could make the prequel. Mm-hmm. But yeah. more to it than that, because obviously back, digital backlot for young indie and all the other stuff. You know, I think I think he realised that to, to just redo the trilogy with different um, different shot dressing, if you like, with just different characters and just just rehashing. One wouldn't creatively interest him because he, you know, he was a documentarian, right. he was an editor, he was a an indie guy. So he wants to push the boat out and do something different within the same galaxy, within the same realm. He was clearly interested in the characters, and I think when he sit down and break down, I know people rag on the whole, you know, the opening crawl of Phantom Menace, talking about taxation <laughs> of trade routes. Nobody, that's the joke that. Yeah. Yippee, Wizard and Jar Jar, you know, but if you look beyond that, which was for the most part the bits for the kids, you know, that, that taxation of trade, which the political situation of the galaxy, I find, personally found, what, what, I mean, okay, hands, cards on the table. The first time I saw Phantom Menace, I walked out the cinema and went, what the, what was that? <laughs> I didn't get it at all. I just, I just, what, was, what has just happened? I felt like I'd be mugged. Um, and then I saw it again the next day. So again, the next day, I was like, oh, hang on. I'm, I'm starting to – I'm getting the vibe of it now. It's not a 70s film like Star Wars. It's a 30s film like a swashbuckler. Mm-hmm. Just the presentation and the style and the look. And, and once you start to get your head around, like, we're not just rehashing – this isn't Marvel doing Star Wars in, in the comic back in the day that really was trying to evoke what was happening in the films. This is something different, and it's decades before. So um, I, as, as you will get used to, I give long-winded answers – um I think, I think i think that yeah i think he did the right thing i think he was brave to to stick to his guns and, and try something yeah. different because if he hadn't we wouldn't be here today talking about seven eight and nine or any of the other stuff i really don't think we would be i think that's a really really good shot and a good answer by the way um and i think with matty boy and i you know, we're really grateful for the prequels. Like Matt, and, Matt and I grew up with the prequel trilogy. Mm. You know, Phantom Menace, Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. They're some of my fondest cinematic moments in my entire life, especially Revenge of the Sith. Going to see that was amazing. Absolutely adored it. And I think even then, because of my age, personally, I wasn't, I, I wasn't on the internet. I wasn't on forums, you know, looking at all the critiques of Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. That didn't matter to me. I didn't care. Yeah. But I loved the story. And that's why I'm in love with Star Wars. That's why I love the whole mythology that George Lucas has created. The foundation of this modern mythology is from George Lucas. And yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm so glad that George had this clear vision. And I think it's really important. And actually, when I read through this, now we, we know that we, we know that the prequels weren't best received. Obviously, you talked, uh, you, you, you just uh, spoke about Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Gonna see that. Um, now, 
on the plus side, the caveat to that is that you you could see that George Lucas had a vision. A, they're prequels anyway, right? So you yeah. know that A needs to end up at like C and D, right? So you you have a rough idea about like B and everything in between. Yeah. So I, 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 you have to commend George Lucas because it, he he clearly had a vision. There was clearly this was going somewhere. And I think even as a kid, I felt that. And it, when we look at the most recent films, particularly the sequel trilogy and may boy and i we we do love the sequels in our own way and we we especially love force awakens and and the last jedi for their own reasons again not perfect films not perfect films by any means yeah. rise of skywalker same with that i love parts of the rise of skywalker but by the rise of skywalker it becomes so clear that, that well, there weren't a plan for this there yeah. was not a plan for this trilogy do you think, Mark, that it's crazy that you effectively have this six-part story, yeah, that lasted decades and decades and, you know, really was a cornerstone of modern mythology uh, so much that you can't really escape the, uh, no, I am your father. Yeah, you, yeah. you can't escape that. You can't show that to, to people nowadays because they all know about it. It's so famous. Do you think it's unfortunate that this last trilogy maybe didn't have that planning that George clearly gave the prequels. Yeah. In a word. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, and it frustrates me and surprises me as well because you've, mm -hmm. you've got mm -hmm. the Holy Trinity and then George has gone off and took those notes. And like you just said, you know, he's got a, he's got to park the bus right at the, the bumper of, of a new hope. Uh, there's that 20 year gap, which was smart because that gives him him and others who will now make hay in that time period, like Rogue One, like Solo, like Rebels, like, you know, other stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Andor and, and, and Obi-Wan, obviously, uh, you know, and, and so he's left Revenge of the Sith with everybody in place. Luke's on Tatooine, Ben's on Tatooine, Yoda's on Dagobah. You know, there's there's so many elements that are that are set beautifully. I think it was the most difficult trilogy because especially when you get to, especially when you get to Sith, I think he had a lot of latitude, a lot more latitude on Phantom. And I, and I know a lot of people say they shouldn't have shown him as a little kid. They should have, you should have met him in the Clone Wars and yada, yada, yada. And, and to a degree, yeah, that would have been thrilling and, and exciting. But to, to go from that innocent kid who's clearly gifted living a pretty crappy life on Tatooine as a slave, essentially, you know, yeah. but he's an optimistic kid like his son, you know, and, and all of that, you know, you see that progression through his experiences that, that informs why he goes down the path that he goes down. You look back at it when it's a completed trilogy and go, he really did think that out. And I don't think, I don't think there's a great argument against what he did. I understand the you know that people wanted to see more of this or more of that. Well, you've got the Clone Wars now. They gave you seven seasons of a phenomenal animated show that told you what Anakin was doing in that time period. So, it, you know, and being a Star Wars fan is huge amount of it is patience, and it has been for a long time. Yeah, especially, yeah. Those, especially the fans who've been fans of it for a longer time. You know, you realise that it'll it'll happen, it'll come. Don't don't rush these things. There's an organic element to Star Wars where things get filled out that pays off. I'm a wrestling fan. It's all about the payoff. Yep. Star Wars is the same. It's all about the payoff. So I think when you when you look back at the prequel trilogy and appreciate that the the clever writing 
and the seeding that he did for things that happened later on. And really, the sandbox that he's created and p- pushed the boundaries even wider than it was for the, from the OT with the prequel trilogy to yeah. expand the galaxy and everything else. Disney are very smart, very savvy, very clever to buy Lucasfilm. And George really only ever wanted to sell to them, I think, personally. I don't think he wanted to sell to anybody else because he no. he's, he's a Disney guy himself. You know, you think back to yeah, the yeah. 70s, the ABC stuff and all that. Um, and um, fact, Star Tours and everything like that, it was clear. You know. Captain yeah. EO and all the other things. You yeah. think of, you know, you think that they didn't sit down. I mean, famously, you know, Lucas had notes. I don't think we'll ever know fully how detailed his notes were. Uh, but it doesn't really matter because they didn't want to go in that direction and that's completely their choice. So you can't criticise them for that because they've bought it. They've laid down the cash. They're not beholden to him at this point because George has sold it. So, you know, and it, and you'd like to think they'll take elements of that. But ultimately the point is, is that they didn't sit down and go, well, here's the sketch for seven and here's the sketch for eight and here's the sketch for nine. And you could write it on a post-it note for goodness sake, but you, you've, there's got to be some sort of thread between the three to go from, scavenged a girl on Jakku to turns out to be the emperor's granddaughter and she kills him or whatever it might be you know it, it wasn't that it, clearly it wasn't that it was made upon on the hoof really and that and that does so, sort of come across now you could argue the original trilogy was the same but what came before the original trilogy nothing there's no precedent there's nothing to compare it to so that's not right. a fair comparison so i yeah again long-winded answer which i'm very good at long-winded answers um <laughs> we love it <laughs> i think i think you're right i think you're right i think they they totally should have sat down i mean i personally i think you should have even though if they can knock these films out in 18 months they should still release them every three years star wars films come out every three years and that sounds like an old traditionalist you know i understand that may is not the best time for star wars anymore december really is yeah, so yeah. why release solo in May? Why you know why lose that film in the mix? There's just lots of little oh, things. Oh, that's politics. Oh, I, I'm yeah. telling you, I have all kinds yeah. of theories about that. And <laughs> whenever we cross it, Mayboy, what do we say? Oh, I'm not. I don't want to get into it too much. But I have. I'm like that crazy guy that has strings all all on a board saying that's why that happened. And that, because it was stupid. It was so stupid releasing solo in May at the same time, pretty much as Infinity War. You yeah. had other. It was competing against Deadpool. Deadpool. It was months. Yeah. It was months after the Last Jedi. And yeah. what in December? You you, you release Mary Poppins. Are you having a laugh? Crashed Are and you mental? Like no, I'm, that He's was on. that was political. I'm yeah. telling you, that was some inside business telling off. I I think. I think, but anyway, I'm not going to go down that crazy. He's, well, he's absolutely, he's gone. He's lost his head. Go, go and have a cup of tea. Sort yourself out. Um, I'm going to have a sip of my red stripe. That's right. Um, well, what you've just what you've just said there, Mark, is pretty much my thinking. In that the prequel trilogy on paper on a Wikipedia uh, article yep. has all the beats for a wonderful trilogy. George, he knew where he wanted to go, and you know, people, you know, we've all got our th- thoughts on how it went up and down in quality. But you, from the beginning of the Phantom Menace to the end of Sith, there was a plan, and you could see the growth. And I love that there were you had a ten year uh, gap between one and two, and you had another large gap between two and three. So it allowed time for uh, character growth 
in the, you know you could see it in the films yeah uh, so we could have the older anakin but also then you know later on with the clone wars um and i hear what you're saying about teenage anakin in episode one because i thought well, that would be cool but then as star wars fans we'd all be, we'd all be saying well we need an episode zero now because now i want to see what he was like as a little boy yes, so we right. can never win yeah. um but i think the director i think you always said about george as well the director's vision i think i'm not the one who signs the checks but i think it should always be final if you get someone on board you have to respect their vision sometimes sometimes it works and you get something something great sometimes it doesn't work and you get something like, like exorcist too where Maybe shouldn't have gone through your own vision. But Lucas earned the right to create his own story. He'd given us the OT. He changed cinema because it wasn't just the actual te- uh, film, side, the cinema side of it. It was everything behind the scenes. You mentioned Skywalker sound. Everything behind the scenes, he changed it. And he created this galaxy, the sandbox, like you said. Uh, there was always going to be fan expectations for the story. I'm glad that he didn't give us the same story. There are similar beats, of course. The beginning of Phantom Menace, we get a young lad blowing up a big space station. Great, yeah. that's fine. I can handle that because it's a, it, to me, it's a nice little tip, a tip of the cap, fine. But the rest of the trilogy then didn't follow the OT suit. But as I mentioned, there were always going to be things we did want to see and didn't want to see. And as a and as a dude who was you know f- fervently waiting for these films to come out since '83, was there anything in there? Was there anything which any expectations you took into these films thinking? I really would like to see this happen. I've been waiting for this for a decade now. I wish this had happened in the prequel trilogy. So anything you could think of? Um, no, really, no. I think most of the most of the things we expected, which was you know the fight on the lava, which which I pointed out some of the other day. If you read the original Star Wars novel, which came out in what November seventy six, the very first thing you read in that book was basically a pricey of the prequel trilogy you're reading mm-hmm. about anakin and vader and and and, and you know and all those cat palpatine and all these emperor has got his throne in a in a fiery pit hasn't he basically you know before you ever read anything about han luke and leia so so you've been primed for it for decades so so you know the fight over the lava you expected the clone wars mm-hmm. you expected i think i think you probably expected to see more of the clone wars and really on on yes. live action you saw the start of it at geonosis and really the end of it over coruscant uh, and just the the, the peripherals, uh, the payoff of, of Order sixty six, and and how that was clever, you know, how he orchestrated that as a writer as well as the characters. Obviously, Palpatine orchestrating it. I think that's that's just genius writing because how do you get across the fact that you know this has all just fallen, tumbled down like Jenga in in seemingly a decade, you know, and you realize you look at it and realize that Palpatine had this monster master plan that just went on underground for so long and i think other i think future star wars media is going to pick up on that i think the whole republic's going to sort of lead into that in second and third phase you yeah. know it started to turn and they're not seeing the force in the same way and then of course the acolyte at the end of the year is going to pick up with that and so i think you can see where they're, they're sort of going with that but but back to lucas i think it, it was genius and that's why from a from an in-universe point of view it frustrates me the sequel trilogy that you know Star Wars Empire and Jedi is about four years, isn't it? Give or take. Yeah. yeah. And and the prequel trilogy, you know, like you say, 10 years between Phantom and Clones, three years between Clones and Sith. That's 13 years. The longest trilogy. For, um, the, the sequel trilogy, maybe 12 months, maybe. So it about 14 months or something, isn't it? Yeah, because, you know, uh, Force Awakens and Episode 8 are back-to-back. So they yeah. just run straight into each other. And then Rise of Skywalker, I think it's about a year later. Yeah. So you've got a th- the third sort of massive galactic conflict 
in within basically within three generations. One goes on for you know a number of years, three years. The Clone Wars, Galactic Civil Wars, about four years, and this was over in just over a year. So, you know, they they just didn't give themselves the room to, um, what's the word? Just expand on things and right and to really breathe. make hay because they've moved away from their wall. already. It seems to be in the rearview mirror already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's it's a hard one, and it's hard. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts were about Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. My favorite out of the sequels is the Force Awakens. I think out for the feels that it gives yeah. me. I think it's the best produced one. I I admire so much the last Jedi. I'm so grateful that it went for something completely different. Uh, I rewatched it last week. We did an episode actually about the last Jedi last week. And um, man, I, I I really do love that film, but it has a lot of faults. Personally, I, I don't think that it's always, it always uses the appropriate humor or the appropriate language in the film. That's like, hang on, this is a serious moment here. And you're calling people dummy. What? Like just, it, it frustrates me that it was signed off. I just feel like they're, they're such small things. But hey, listen, that's my opinion. We got listeners to the show. We have patrons, people in our little community who who absolutely adore The Last Jedi, and it's their favorite one. We also have people where they just choose that it doesn't really exist. It's kind of there. Don't really care about it. Um, but, you know, we try to treat it with respect. Now, the more recent one, for me, and I think the one that Matty Boy and I always end up talking about, even when we meet up, we're not recording, Mark. Matty Boy and I aren't recording. We are just meeting up for a Greg's. We're just having a sausage roll and a cheeky Love coffee. Quite a lot. And a donut. <laughs> we, we, do, we do kind of do this Can't a lot. A roll. Oh. Yeah, see, for our international listeners, yeah. Newbold gets it. <laughs> yeah. Newbold. Yeah, that's, do you know what? Forget it. We're not going to meet up at a pub one day. We're going to meet up we at a Greg's Greg. one day. <laughs> yeah. Sessions Fanfa remix. What great will do it. Yeah, yeah. That's Ooh. it. That's it. What What did you think, Mark, of the Rise of Skywalker? How How has your relationship with that film been over the last year or so? I I, I like it. Um, and again, there are bits that don't quite stand up and don't quite work. But I think, and I think this is the problem. Is it's not that it's not an issue with. Last Jedi, it's not an issue with Ryan Johnson. It's an issue with the planning overall, going back to what yes. we were talking about a while ago. I think they threw they, – they gave – because they didn't plan it enough, because they didn't feel like – and maybe there was, but they've not uh, even really alluded to it. It just felt like they ended Force Awakens and then they just went to the next guy who happened to be Ryan Johnson. Right, mm-hmm. pick up with this and do what you like. And and then pass it back off to the third guy, which would have been Colin Trevorrow, um, yeah. which I would have been fascinated to see because I really do like I like the Jurassic stuff that he's done. I enjoy what he's done with that yeah, franchise, so I, I would have been fascinated to see it. But of course, that didn't work out. So then it it almost feels because you're going back to the guy that wrote the first one, handing Episode Eight to JJ feels like a hospital pass because he's naturally going to be thinking, well, I kind of want to steer it back to what I was going to do before. He, how could he not? He, you know, as a writer and a director who who clearly just wanted to do one film, but then ends up doing yeah. the ninth one, the third one. He's he's naturally going to in his head, personal head canon of thought. Well, I'm, I kind of thought Ray would do this, and I kind of <laughs> thought this guy would do that, and I'm yeah. not fussed about 
well, okay, Snoke wasn't in the in the story anyway, so they they come up with the Snoke idea for you know the clone thing, and you know, and, <laughs> and it's the wrap up. It's I'm going to talk Trek again. The big comparison for me is comparing it to that final episode of Enterprise. These yeah, are the yeah. boys, which wasn't just wrapping up four seasons of Enterprise; it was wrapping up eighteen seasons yeah, of Star yeah. Trek, and it was an impossible task. Rise of Skywalker is not just wrapping up the sequel trilogy; it's wrapping up the Skywalker saga. So, you know, to bring Palpatine in, cool. You know, that was, you know, he's the big bad after all. And I, I've said this before, I'll go back to an interview that Richard Markman did in Preview magazine back in 1983, where he's basically talking to the magazine editor and says, George told me what happens in 7, 8, and 9. You learn that overarching everybody was this puppet master who was in control of the whole scenario. And clearly he's talking about Palpatine. Clearly that's he's the puppet master. And then it came to pass. So I can only think Chris Terrio and JJ must have read that interview <laughs> with Mark. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I love the way it's made. I like JJ's style. Uh, you say about Force Awakens being your favourite. I, I tend to agree because I think... I did hear that that when JJ turned up at Lucasfilm and sat down with all the crowd at the time, which is going back a few years now, he basically said, "What the vibe I want, the feel I want, is that you've just watched Return of the Jedi and you've gone home, and somebody's given you a video cassette, and it's Episode Seven, mm-hmm. and yeah. you put the video cassette yeah. Episode Seven, and then you watch Episode Seven because he had all the same lenses, he had all the same lighting rigs, it, yeah. you know, he really went for that Jedi aesthetic, which I think he nailed." So. Uh, yes. And I think you know, episode nine kind of goes back to that. Seven, uh, sorry, eight looks and feels very different, which I don't not like because Empire looks different to Star Wars, so that's not a criticism. But I just think it's all it's all in the planning. It really does just come back to the planning for me, which is crazy because they're planning. They're quite clearly planning the Mandalorian, right? Yeah. You have you have John Favreau writing everything and Dave Filoni writing everything, planning everything. Then they, then they get directors in to do the episode and probably it's a bit of a team effort, but ultimately John Favreau's like, there you go, the script, right? Just figure out the rest. There's the story. Matty boy, what were you going to say, dude? No, I was going to say on the sequel trilogy, I, I'm with, I'm with you both on the force awakens being the best of the three, just for the kind of just those vibes you get from it. It feels when it came out, it felt like we're back. You know, yeah. Star Wars is back with a bang here. This feels legit. Yeah. But the more I watch The Last Jedi, and I've said this on every episode, I love that film, and I think it's the best. I think it's the the best looking Star Wars film of them all. I think it's the way it's shot, the way the techniques Ryan uses, which we went into a lot last week, actually, in the Japanese influences, uh, the cinematography, uh, and I think the arcs as well, for the most part, are, are are great. So I think I think The Last Jedi is the best film of the three. But the the Force Awakens is the one I gravitate to most in terms of what I watch the most. And yeah, they're two and a half well-made films. Rise of Skywalker, I've said to anyone who will listen, I think it's fine. But I was so very disappointed with just how it all ended. It felt very rushed. And and a lot of that was down to the fact that JJ himself was rushed to get this out. He had a lot. His lead time and production time was cut in half almost. You know, you've got to, you've got to, like you said, you've got to wrap up not just the ST, but all nine uh, Skywalker saga films in a satisfying way. Plus, also the characters that you created in Seven, you've got to wrap them up. It was, it was a task which I don't envy JJ. And look, he gave it, he gave it a good go. And there's a lot in that film I enjoy, but um, there's a few things which I think I wish that would just work, just a bit different. Like you say, the planning. Had they had that planning? It would yeah, have been yeah. spot on, but it, so the Rise of Skywalker doesn't go down as my favourite Star Wars film of them all. For me, it's Rogue One. 
Out of all of them, out of all 11, it's Rogue One. Luke, what's what's your favourite Star Wars film? Okay, so... The Clone Wars? Yeah, yeah, Clone Wars, mate. <laughs> animated one. Uh, no, it, it, it depends on the day. My heart, a lot of the time, says Return of the Jedi. Yep. Uh, but statistically, it's um, usually Empire Strikes Back. And again, cheeky shout out to The Force Awakens. I adore that film. And 2015 was just something else, man. Oh, something yeah, the else. The build up to that was honestly, that, that I always say there's never been a best, that was one of the best moments, like that period of time in life. And it sounds so very strange to say, but it was just so fun. Like the build up, the fan reaction from 2012 onwards to when the fir- first trailer dropped to when the first bits of concept art and the rumors and sitting and, and, the, and the second trailer and sitting in the seats. And it was just wild. And then the fact that the film was good was just a cherry on top of the ice and on top of the cake. But, uh, Mark, we, we like Rogue One. We like Sith and Empire, um, a Jedi and Empire. Million dollar question for you. What's your favourite Star Wars film? It's Empire. Uh, and Empire. I know that's such a cliche these days. Um, <laughs> but I think I think when, when Star Wars came out, it blew me away. Like I say, like any kid got blown away and Empire came out and I was, what, I was about 10 or 11, 10, 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, loved it, but but didn't, it, it didn't get me like Star Wars got me. And then Star Wars comes out on VHS and it was on the telly in 82. So I've got Star Wars available to me all the time. So all the way through the summer holidays of 82, 83, 84, it's Star Wars every day. And then Empire comes out in 84 and I'm a little bit older and it's a more mature film. Yep. And Jedi's come out in the intervening time, which I happen to have a pirate video copy of. So I'm, I'm watching Star Wars and Jedi all the time. And then Empire comes out after. So it is all out of order. Uh, and just Empire just gripped me. And I think when we... Like I mentioned earlier, that West End era of the role play game, that really played into that Empire vibe really, really well. Uh, and it just that's the one that got me. And and like I say, it's it's picking up from where Star Wars left off, give or take, you know, and it, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a resolution because Jedi is the resolution. And Jedi is such an easy film to love. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, I think of, of most there's not many trilogies that finish as well as Jedi, because and that's why the sequel trilogy was was Okay, it's a financial decision like most movies are financial decisions, but it was a brave thing to do. And that they'd kind of changed the goalposts in, in character. You know, you also end always the end of the Civil War, but it actually turns out to be Jakku a year later. And just little things that changed and little perspective changes that I'm totally on board with now that I really actually like. Um, but yeah, Jedi is easy to love, I think. Star Wars is one of the few sort of 10 out of 10 Nearly, and there's plenty of technical things that are better have been improved over the last, you know, few years. Special edition, take it or leave it. That's the you know, the CG and the special editions aged way more than the the opticals from the seventies. But um, yeah, it's, it's Empire for me. I just think musically, visually, I think it's the most beautiful Star Wars film, and just the performances, just everything about it. I love it. Yeah, it's Empire. But Rogue One's, I've got to say, Rogue One's. Oh right. yes, love Rogue. Gold comes in hot at the end there. Everything. Like, I, I always end up saying this. I know so many people that absolutely adore Rogue One yes, and it's yeah. kind of become their favorite Star Wars film. Yeah, um, it. It's it's funny how, how things work out. Uh, Mark, quick fire question. One word answer or, you know, maybe one or two words. Um, <laughs> what is your most anticipated Star Wars project coming up? Because we got a load of them to pick from. What 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 are you going in for first? Andor. Yeah. Andor? What? Yeah, yeah, man. Comfortably. See, me and Mark are no. spirits here. 
No, no, hang on, Mark. He won't, he won't exist. Do you remember Come last week? Me. Mark, yeah, remember, remember last week when you asked, was I looking forward to Kenobi or Andor? I said, Andor, man, because yeah. everything yeah. about it is, ex- is so exciting. You Two said against that. one. You did say that. Well, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to bury my head in a pile of Greg's sausage rolls and shut up then. So I'm obviously wrong. <laughs> well, no, do you know what? Fair play to you, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to Andor, like, but I'm, I'm looking forward to other stuff just more. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously that's being made over here in the UK. And I know Fan for Tracks are covering that. Uh, so guys, listeners, lovely beautiful people if you if you're listening and you want hot star wars news you know head over to fanfortracks.com uh you guys are on instagram where, where can the world find you and your work mark if you want to find me if you're a masochist you'll find me on twitter <laughs> at prefect underscore timing because i'm a hitchhiker's fan as well so prefect underscore timing uh but like i say Fanthatracks.com is the place to go because it's basically the hub for all the stuff we do. So you'll find all the social media feeds, all the podcasts, the YouTube channel and everything in there. And then if if you've got time and you want to grab a subscription to Insider, then there's generally something of mine noodled in there. So uh, that that's the place to go. And obviously everybody goes to StarWars.com anyway, so that's an easy one. Yeah. All right for Starburst magazine as well. So so grab Starburst. That's coming back on shelves next month, I think. So, so uh, generally got bits and bobs in there as well. He's a busy oh, man, Mark. Nice. And Star Wars Insider, go and pick it up as well. Um, how often do you write for that, by the way, just quickly? Um, I've had a good run lately. Um, yeah. I started in 2006 uh, and did odds and sods. And then it's been pretty pretty much fairly regular since about 2011, 2012. So um, you get the odd issue when there's not much in there. Um, next issue, I think I've got one piece in there. Um, uh, sadly, we mentioned him earlier, Jeremy Bullock. I, I wrote the, the little piece about Jeremy in the latest issue. Um, and then there's a couple of big interviews coming up in the next couple of issues. So, um, Lee Towersey and Hassan Taj, who's the new R2 in Rise nice. of Skywalker, that's in issue 202. And then there's, an, there's another one in issue 203, which I can't talk about yet, but that's that I'm looking forward to reading that one back because it's yes. ages since I did it with the pandemic and everything. It's, uh, you know, it's all, it's all in the review mirror, but that should be a fun one. So, always pushing on and trying to get new stuff. Oh man! Well, Mark, we know you're a busy guy. It sounds like you're a busy guy. You do your <laughs> podcast as well, Fanfur Tracks Radio. Yeah, making, making tracks, tracks is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah and where? And that's on all. That's on where people listen to us as well, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're out there on the SoundClouds where we post it, and then it sort of yeah. proliferates everywhere else. So you can find us on most most of those players, and yogurt pots everywhere as well. Yeah. <laughs> pot and string live long and prosper there you go absolute quality mark newbold the legend of fan tracks thank you so much for coming on to our show mate i'm sure we'll talk again in the future i hope so we'll, we'll do that greg's thing i love that idea let's you do are, it mate let's on. do it as you soon as i on. see you mark i'm gonna just be like newbold newbold <laughs> i'm gonna grab you a sausage roll thanks Please again do. mate all the best thank you take care New mode. <laughs> hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, a.k.a. Ezra Bridger, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. New mode. New mode. Well, King, well, that was this so much fun to talk. I've wanted to talk to Mark for a long time, and I know you have. What a king that man is. What a king. <laughs> <laughs> boss Nass. Boss, boss Nass, isn't it? 
Foss lads, yeah. Boss Mark, lads, what a legend. Lad. What yeah, a nice one. Thank you, Mark. Um, for well, we I had a, I had a little beerio while speaking to Mark. I know Luke necked a red stripe, but as it turns out, we've actually parked the Essex Falcon outside of our favourite drinking hole, the Bantina. Shall we? Let's do it, mate. Yes, as we do each week for those new and old to the show. We sit down with the greatest listeners in the galaxy, which is you guys, and we have a couple of Kef beers and get your thoughts on our main discussion. So, was George right to push ahead with his vision? Here's what you guys thought. Yeah, up first, we got a cheeky, fiery voice message from none other than our boy Matt McLean. Let's hear it. I think George Lucas was right to go with his vision and not cave to public opinion. I feel in general, artistic projects don't work well when designed by committee. I mean, if you trust the general public to decide something, they usually come up with things like boating a boat face or putting Jedward through on the X Factor. <laughs> so, so true so true i love that and i think that is one of my favorite messages we've got on that especially boating boat boating boat boat face um <laughs> check out matt on instagram disney pop uk yes. he's got a great uh disney marvel star wars instagram all funko pops and other geeky stuff disney pop uk absolute legend thanks for sending that in mate boy Nice one, mate. Uh, nice name. Um, we also have a <laughs> message from Semperfy Danny. She loves us. She thinks we sound like the guys from Corrie. She said, uh, was George right? Absolutely he was. If anything, I think Hollywood has become less risk averse. And as a result, it's become rare to see anything new or revolutionary or interesting in film. We need more risk, take- risk takers like George to put into reality what we as a society can't imagine. What a well put comment there from uh, Danny and yeah you're right when something new and original comes along we all collectively lose our minds because it's, it's something a little bit different so George always was a risk taker and that's what he's always going to be known for as well and mm-hmm. I think you hit the nail on the head there Danny so thanks that's it and that's what Mark was saying at the beginning of our main discussion you know George really really is in the filmmaking world a revolutionary really mm-hmm. so yeah. he's just a bad boy yeah, I'm a bad boy I'm a bad boy I'm a bad boy and you know it. I love my shirts check shirts <laughs> I want to change. I'm a billionaire, but sneakers. I don't care. Uh, Up next, we've got OMG Haggis, who has an absolutely brilliant take on this question. Um, They're going to say there's a reason why many of us hold Revenge of the Sith as our favorite Star Wars movie. And if you've seen my uh, Revenge of the i think sif it says revenge of the j there but no, return of the jet no this guy digs revenge of the Je- return of the jedi so much but return yeah return but he but he puts sith above it right okay right okay so and if you've seen my return of the jedi addiction you know that oh right okay this makes sense if you've seen that addiction you know that that's saying a lot uh george went for popularity with that one i'm a prequel fan but there was already uh well into my teens by 99 and while there's so many incredible things that uh could and should be said about the phantom menace probably the most uh remarkable effort of any of the star wars films i've always felt that they should have started anakin's journey a little later in the timeline 
I don't know. It was important to show the innocence of the boy who would become Vader, but in Revenge of the Sith, we absolutely love Anakin. For me, not so much in The Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones. Now, that is quite a spicy take. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. And, and the explanation there is really different to a lot of the comments that we received. Like, for example, Darth Dildo just commented, yes. Naughty boy. Or, or should I say, yes. Yes. Um, but no, <laughs> OMG Haggis right. absolutely killing it there with the uh, alternative opinions, really. Yeah. No, I love it. I love how we can get someone like Darth who's just, sh- 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 was he right? Yes, basically. Absolutely. <laughs> And OMG yeah. Haggis has he's come on to say yes, and this is why, and a few little di- uh, moments in there which uh, kind of go against the grain from a lot of people, and I mm-hmm. dig it, and I think mm-hmm. what he's saying there is great. And Anakin in Revenge of the Sith is a lot more, I sometimes say relatable because he kills kids, but it's a lot more um, uh, likable or fun in Revenge of the Sith. For those, this is where the fun begins and all that. So I hear that's a nice one, OMG Haggis. And uh, to end off the uh, user-submitted comments of the band Tina, we're, uh, we're ending with royalty once again. So we thought we'd head back over to Wales and hear what the King of Wales, Luke Summerfield, had to say. Oof, it's been a spicy one here in the band Tina today, boys. Some dude just tried to sell me some death sticks. I told him to get on his bike and visit Papa Palps a few floors up. Anyway, I do believe George had fans in mind, like Anakin creating 3PO, Boba's heritage to name but a few moments. Let's also not forget, he said he was making the prequels for the youth at the time. Look what you have made. I love Star Wars. I love how bonkers George is, and best of all, this community. And remember, Palpatine loves a good Star Wars session. I think he is a she. Some dude. Nice one, Sam. Anakin creating 3PO has always won that, so it's me, I'm not going to lie, but it is those moments where as fans, you look at it and think, oh, look, there's 3PO, oh, Anakin. It, you know, it's a nice little yeah. through line for fans. And George Vader, did have fans in mind, didn't he? But maybe <laughs> not everyone at the time. It Because it wasn't what people wanted. Like we said, people wanted to see Vader in his prime slicing kids and Jedi, which has never been what Star Wars is about. And if, and if people think that is what it's about, they're wrong. That's never what it's been about. So I hear what you're saying there, Lukey boy. And uh, another good message there. I love that. Vader in Bespin just doesn't even recognize Freebio. Like, yeah. oh yeah. It's, there's that drawing. I wonder how his dedicated wham is. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> yeah, not very dedicated, but yeah. thank you no, everyone who sent the messages. We got go if you for more, go and check out our socials and read what other people were putting. We've got some wicked, wicked responses. If we didn't get to yours this week, we will endeavour to get to them uh in the following weeks. But yeah, please keep sending them in because we absolutely love reading them. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. Best podcast.
Best podcast. Yes, it is. It is so good. It is the best part of the sessions podcast. It is the Patreon section where we answer our Patreon questionies. And to start us off, maybe it's a spice one. It is from a lovely and very handsome young mm-hmm. lad from the state, Sammy Cudmore, who asked this, mate boy, as a Jedi Knight, or dare I say, Master, you've been studying and training long and hard at the Jedi Temple, and you've created a new Force ability. What is this never-before-seen ability, and what would you name it? Thanks, Lance. Um, um, I'd like, uh, come, come back from the dead. We can call it Palpatineitis or something like oh. that. Um, I'd have uh, mine would be called Force Laz L A Z E Force Laziness. One one <laughs> one little wink to the Force, cup of tea appears. Don't have to wait for the kettle. Don't have to put water in it. Just poof, and it appears. Force Laz or Force Floats. Why? Because uh, why wouldn't you want to fly in Star Wars? I don't like flying in unless it's an airplane or something. Flying's for droids. It, it, flying flying is for droids. <laughs> so uh, we've only ever seen Luke Skywalker levitate really, um, and it killed him. Force float. Hey, let's have some flying in Star Wars. Realistically, I don't want to see it, but it's my it's my force trick. I'm the Jedi Master here. I want to be able to force float or my, or force a cup of tea whenever I want it. Uh, what about you, Lukey boy? It, this is so difficult because they've explored so much the Force recently <laughs> in, in in like recent years. Like you think about the sequel trilogy, it, it really showed us. Like it literally showed us a new Force ability. Oh, well, and the Mandalorian, I suppose, of, with like the resurrection and the healing and stuff. I suppose yeah, that's in really most cool, films, haven't we? They kind of every film's given us something new for the most part, right? Yeah, and even like in the books, they go into that a lot more, don't they? Yeah. Um, and and Jedi Fallen Order, I, I thought that was a sweet force ability, being yeah. able to like uh, feel things through an object, like get kinesis type thing, teleport, right? Thing. Yeah, right. That was really, really cool. Now, I'm really struggling to come up with something because it's there's a fine line between force abilities and superheroes, you know. <laughs> force float. <laughs> yeah, and you don't really want it to become Superman, Man of Steel, just like floating two Jedis, uh, two, lightsa- two Jedis, <laughs> two lightsabers. <laughs> and it, like, then it's just a comic book film, isn't it, really? Yeah, um, I, so... <sighs> I suppose I, 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 I'm not entirely sure I can answer this. I suppose maybe something that used elements a bit more, like the ability to create water or something. Flipping. Sounded like Aquaman. Like, <laughs> it's hard. It's really, I know really, where you're going really with it, difficult. though, mate, to, like, to be able to influence the midichlorians to create wind or something. To create h2o which of course wouldn't be h2o in the star wars universe because they got all tight ty- all kinds of crazy science yeah, in a galaxy far far away um yeah and it would be an urabesh apart from x-wings there's a there's a little uh, paradox there because they're called yeah. x-wings why well, they called x-wings if x doesn't anyway um yeah george yeah george come on mate Don't know what he's doing um yeah, I'm going to have to go with maybe something like that. I, I, I much prefer like the spiritual side of the force yes. and like sitting down and meditating and all that. I think that stuff's a lot more cool. So maybe being able to sense emotions, maybe it, people could do that, like we'll do with that a lot more nowadays. Being yeah. able to emotionally see where someone is coming from, maybe. 
So maybe it's yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> force invisibility. Well, I don't know. Thinking about weird as yeah. he done Harry Potter with a invisible cloak, man. That's it. But you're right though. It, there is a fine line, and you, you don't not well. You don't want to overstep it. Otherwise, it, like passing things between the force. It's a right. wonderful, wonderful. I really actually like that ability, but it can be. But as, because it's only limited to Ray and Kylo because of their dyad. I love that. I hope it just doesn't go anyone else maybe you can't just do it but um, mm-hmm. that's a good mm-hmm. one Sammy what's your uh, answer and everyone listening we'd love to know what new force ability would you create if you were a now fully trained Jedi Knight or Master and it's tough and it's tough it's a good question Sammy mate you've done uh, what we ask and you've challenged us so uh, what does Paul Buckle say our next question Paul Buckle the King of Oxford do you think we'll see sequel trilogy spin-off movies or Disney Plus series being announced in the next few years personally I hope so. And um, New World mentioned earlier on that they've kind of like left that in the rearview mirror for the minute, the sequel trilogy. So this is an interesting question. Luke, what do you reckon? Well, I, I, I suppose in a way you can kind of argue that The Mandalorian is that because it's going into the sequel trilogy. Now, we know it's obviously closer to the original trilogy right now but by the end of it i don't think that's going to be the case i think we're definitely going to see more st stuff in in short paul i think i love this question mate uh i really really hope so because i i do think the sequels need it i think they need that world building they need Mm -hmm. to explain how the first order came to power and all of that malarkey um and I think with that, with that extra added goodness, you know, we, we will look at the ST in a different light and we'll go, do you know what? Filth, filth. Just like our, you know, I did a poll um, oh, the, yeah. with about the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, and it was mental how many people vote for the prequel trilogy. Now, you ask which one do you kind of, which, not which do you prefer, but like pick one of these two. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was ridiculous. Now the original trilogy won, as you yeah. I really would expect. But uh, eighty six people voted for the original trilogy. Forty four people said the prequel trilogy. You know that's that's a good chunk, and it wouldn't have been that ten years ago. Yeah, it wouldn't no. have been that. So you know, with time, things things can pass, and people it grows on people, especially that generation. Anyway, I digress. I'd love to see it, Paul. What about you, May boy? Yeah, I, I certainly hope they're going to. Disney Plus have given us series that are set within the prequels with Andor type things and the OT, um, kind of Kenobi. That's but that's straddling both and the end of the Mando as well and some others. Uh, but they've also given us some like set before the prequels with, with the Acolyte, which is the end of the High Republic. So they're going there to a stands to reason that they would venture in the, into the sequel trilogy era that they created. Um, and are Disney really listening to people online? And being like, oh no, we better not put any sequel trilogy content out because nobody likes it. Turns out quite a lot of people like it, including us. So I think we will do. I think they are just giving it some breathing room to let the characters, you know, absorb within the canon. And, you know, maybe it might take two or three years before we get something, whether it, whether they start mm-hmm. with another comic, whether it is a book or, or, or a film or a series. I think we're going to. And if, I think they'd be very, very short-sighted to just ignore it, the fact that they created it, and they're like, do you know what? We don't like this anymore. So I, I think we will do. I don't know what. I, would, I reckon we're going to start in the written uh, medium first, but I'd mm. love to see a sort of Disney Plus series or something set within that era. It doesn't have to be with the main characters, just set in that era, man, and I'd be happy. 
It's a great question, Paul. Thank you yeah, so much, dude. Uh, up next, we've got Matthew Bell, always got the spice with him. He asked this, matey boy. So your dream comes true and Greg's decide to sponsor star wars sessions (laughs) however with great power comes great responsibility the first task for you from your pastry peddling overlords is to pair some star wars characters with greg's products for their marketing materials so (laughs) what's it to be grief carga and a steak bake captain panaka and a panujokala can't wait to hear what you come up with Keep it spicy, Matthew Bell. What are you saying about that, mate? Boy. Oh, well, Lukey Boy had a pan of chocolate the other day. Um, I mean, this is a wonderful question. It really, I, I, it's a hard one because you think, right, do, do, do we have some sort of like funky tine or do, do we just have like the emperor just like sizzling some steak bakes? Um, well, this one, <laughs> there's no way I can say this without it sounding odd, but Poe Dameron, donuts, ponuts. You know, Poe Dameron flies in in his X-Wing. Hey, how about you have some of my peanuts and gives out some donuts and people were loving it. Um, Ray, she could advertise bacon rolls. After eating these, I don't want to go back to Jakku because <laughs> I haven't got a Greg's on Jakku. Um, Mando <laughs> Chocolat. Um, or just just give me Ewan's McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi selling anything. Just an advert of him eating something and saying, hello there, before eating it. And then he pulls a face and he says, another happy landing. And then the Greg's logo comes up and that's it. It's just Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan eating things, saying hello there, another happy landing. And then that's it. Next advert, he's eating something else. So that's how I do it. But yeah, ponuts and rains and bacon rolls for definite. But what about you, mate? Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to rethink characters for you, Matthew, because (laughs) I see lightsabers as characters to a certain degree. So what I would do is I would do different like packaging, like lightsaber shape packaging for sausage rolls. Yes. Yeah. You'd have one for like the Skywalker saber. You'd have one for Luke's one for Mace Windu's Papa Pouts, you know, all of veggie sausage roll too. Don't forget. Yeah. And you, so you could do, well, if you buy the veggie one, you get the Mace Windu one. If you do this one, you get the Anakin one and so on and so forth. Then you could have a limited edition sausage roll and it's like sausage roll, and caramelized onion or like oh, or, yes. or hang on like sausage and like tandoori yes yeah, sausage like, tandoori, like a bit mm. spiced you know a bit curryfied all over that mate all over that uh anglo indian remix um man i want a greg's Oh, so, <laughs> should we meet up soon and go and get one? Yeah, well, yeah. Deal. I think we need to. I New Bold and Matty to. Bell have got us on the Greg's train again. Not that we ever got off. But, um. It's ridiculous because I, I feel like we're hyping Greg so much in the moment because there's not much else to do, people. There isn't much <laughs> else to do other than go out and get takeaway from When we go and have our chats and, our, and we have our little podcast and we just go and have a chat to, as mates, we, we pass about four other things anyway. So it's not like we even intentionally go there. We literally pass them on the on the route. Wherever you go, there's one there. It's like Starbucks is becoming. Like you can't go anywhere without Starbucks being within like a mile vicinity. Greg's is the same, but can't right. get a good pastry at Starbucks, can you, mate? No, no, mate. Fake. No point. And it'll cost you like eight quid. Greg's yeah. it's like two quid for a coffee and a snack. Exactly, and a snack. Exactly, and you know it's sometimes hot when when you get it. So, uh, Matty Bell, a nice one again. We want to hear everyone's answers to these. And the final one we got was from Scott Fisher, the Essex clone, the king. He said, "So a lot of older Star Wars content is being brought back into the limelight. For example, 
uh, Tartakovsky's Star Wars Clone Wars and Republic Commando is coming to PS4. Do we reckon Disney will expand and build from any of these products that they are adding on? Perhaps we see Republic Commando 2 that fans have wanted for, a lo- for as long as I can remember. What do you guys think? Also, as a bonus question, what do you guys think of Weird Al Yankovic's song, The Saga Begins? which is a parody song of American Pie. Love how the whole of The Phantom Menace summed up entirely in a song. So, Luke, uh, Disney, they're not repurposing content yet, but do you think they will do an expand upon it? And what about Weird Al? Right, Weird Al, Saga Begins, absolute quality. I love it. Exactly. Yes, I don't care. I love it. I'm all about it. He was just a small fry. Yeah, brilliant. And I like Yoda. What oh the Yoda? That's you know, it's all, you know, love a bit of Weird Al. Um, yeah, I, so I'll be honest. I think that just with clones in general, Scott, I think Lucasfilm and Disney have kind of caught onto the fact that you know it's popular. People love the clones; they love them, and the prequel trilogy is cool. Like, like I, th- I really think they're 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 kind of catching on to that. This yeah. generation of kids that grew up with the prequels are now adults. They have wallets and they want to spend money on this this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the players, uh, the cosplayers that are now going and dressing up as clones. You know, yep. it's Scott himself. It, it's a lot. Yeah, exactly. Scott himself knows all about that. So, um, I, I think Bad Batch is kind of an indication of that. I think with the, um, the 2003 Clone Wars coming on, I think that's great. Republic Commando, I think that's great. Um, I would love to see some Clone Wars era games come out. I think yeah. it's perfect for it. I, I really do. Something akin to Republic Commando. I, I, I think it's probably one of the best eras for that type of game. So, uh, in, in short, uh, Scott, yes to both of them. Yeah, I hope that whether they will or not, I mean, obviously I can't see any more coming from Tartakovsky's series um, or the Ewok film, sadly, but Republic Commando is interesting because, like Luke said, we've got the Bad Batch coming up. If that does well, I'm sure it will turn Lucasfilm onto the idea that people really do like this era and they really do like this Band of Brothers-style gang that the clones were. And like, any kind of like first-person shooter, regarding the clones i'm in for so i'd i'd like to see them build upon that will yeah. they who knows now that we've got lucasfilm games the new division i would say never say never now lucasfilm knows what the fan wants fans want when it comes to games i think squadrons yes. had little homages and like blatant nods to the old starfighter games so i wouldn't be surprised and actually i'd quite like it new canon games set around the clones sign me up mate and yeah regarding weird Al, i mean I mean, I mean, come on. Do you see him hitting on the Queen? Though he's nine, she's 14. Yeah, he's probably going to marry her someday. Weird Al knew where it's at. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Roy, uh, Weird Al in most cases. And our uh, boy, Roy's good looks does some good fun tunes as well. So, um, yeah, I think they will do. And uh, I'd like to see them expand more on those first-person shooters. So another set of, well, spicy patreon questions we're going to get a load more next week guess what the week after the week after and the week after one of our favorite sessions so thank you for those again we want to hear your answers to those questions patreon.com forward slash star wars sessions have a look see if you fancy it if you do we'd love you if you don't we still love you however that is that for this week's episode or edition of the bantina barman sorry about the mess but we're going to be back again this time next week in the Bantina. Ladies and gentlemen, 
It's the Star Wars Sessions game! Yes, that's right. <laughs> Every week to end off the show, we play a cheeky game just for the crack this week. It is my turn to host. Matty Boy, are you ready to know the name of this week's goom? Hit me. Right. It's a bit spicy, and I hope <laughs> Mark's listening. <laughs> <laughs> this one is called New Bold or Old Cold. <laughs> New bold, old cold. <laughs> yeah. New bold, old cold. Right, okay. So basically, okay. we're gonna. Go, I'm going to go for You haven't got fun for tracks up on your PC, have you? Uh, I, I swear I have not got it up. No. All right, okay. So we're going to be going through the news articles that Mark himself has written and published there on fanfortracks.com. Uh, and we're going to take the titles of those uh, articles and I'm going to read them out. Some of them will be fake. Some of them will be real. And you need to tell me which is real and which is Ooh, fake. So these I, are the ones that... These are these are any ones that Mark has written or may not have written. Yes, right. So new bold if he has, old yeah, cold if he it, hasn't. It's new bold or old cold. Right, I'm ready for <laughs> I, this. I'm sure. I, I'm sure I could have come up with a better rhyme, but you know, hey, listen, new bold. Right, okay. Uh, are you ready, Mayboy? Play the music. Right, I'm yes. ready. Right, okay, okay. So new bold or old cold? Star Wars 100 interviews. Toby Philpot licking Leia. <laughs> well, Newbold is not the boy. I mark Newbold. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, just for the just for, just for the bants and the jokes, Newbold. It is Newbold. Yes! That is a real article that was published today. Well, no, not today. <clears throat> the 29th of March, twenty twenty. I know Stangram did something about with that geezer as well. So it's got to be about the Jabba fella. Yeah, that's it. Yes. it. It is the Jabba fella. Yeah, licking layer. Um, <laughs> Stan Groom. Right, okay, up next, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, why we're not too excited. New bold, right. roll cold. Well, I mean, not everyone is going to say Kenobi is their most anticipated show, but New Bold went straight in with Andor. Doesn't mean he's not excited. Um, uh I'm going to say old cold. Spot on, buddy. Yes. That is that is a fakey. Made that up on the spot. Right, okay. Yes. New bold or old cold? Wales Comic Con adds Dennis Lawson. Oh, um, I'm going for it 100. We never had a 100% game, so this could be it. Uh, Dennis Lawson. Uh, new bold. New bold is real. It is real. <laughs> It is true. It is true. Um, oh. Right. Okay. Um, I'm getting. I'm getting nervous now. We're getting there. I'm the nervous. Yeah, it, uh, mate. It, we we don't we don't want to get too excited. But let let let's see if you can get this one. <sighs> Dear boarding school classmates, Daisy Ridley did not play Moaning Myrtle. Wow. Um, did would Newbold have gone to boarding school? Oh. Um. <laughs> did did Newbold go to boarding school? Uh, New boarding school. Well, I mean, the English Rose would have been a, would have been a, a wee baron by the time. So it's got to be old board. It's real. No. It's real. <laughs> no. It's real. 
Oh, I'm sorry, what buddy. What about that 100% game? We've I'm never sorry, had it buddy. That, that was an article posted on the 27th of March. Nice one, Mark. Um, lastly, oh, age, so close. age of the image looks at the map paintings of Return of the Jedi. Good little topic that is actually uh new mode it's real it's oh, real I, I, I was hoping uh, yeah i know I, that, sorry mate four out of five there for this yeah. week's game it's not quite 100 percent, but it's Ugh. it's it's flaming close oh we've done what 70 games maybe give or take i don't know what the answer is since about episode 40 or something we've never had a in, in, a, in a in a quiz game we've never had 100 percent. and i was i thought my boy our fellow greg's fanatic would be the one to help us there but yeah we he, love he, a greg's uh, greg's wasn't with us today down. maybe when we do a game based on greg's maybe one of us will have a chance <laughs> yeah well next time we go up to, to a Greg's I'm going to catalogue the prices and then we'll go from there but good game mate good game good use of our new board as well yeah no thank you everyone loves a new board session <laughs> <laughs> yeah go check out oh. fanfortracks.com go check out Mark online he is a Star Wars fanatic the Star Wars head he loves it so go and check him out uh, and he's a generally nice guy as you've just heard uh, but that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions E108. But the fun doesn't end there. Neither does the non 100% game record. So no one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. You can find us on social media Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Just search Star Wars Sessions. We will be there. Do you fancy hearing yourself on the show? Send us a voice note. We love a voice note or a message to hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. We have got the best email address in all of pop we culture. We have. Let's be honest. We have. we have. Hello there. But we are also on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. If you were in the galaxy, you could find a podcast. We're on there. And if you love our show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice. Chuck us five stars. Head on over to podchaser.com. It's the IMDB for podcasts. It's growing and growing. We're on there. Therefore, it's awesome. So drop us a review there if you have a spare minute. It helps us grow. It helps us get more listeners in, which means more engagement with you guys, which we love each and every week. Yeah, Apple Podcast Reviews, guys. We know a lot of you listen on Apple. We know. All it takes is click the button. Five stars. Yes, they're so spicy. Thank you. it, It makes our day. Come on. And also, please tell your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell anyone who reads a Star Wars magazine or Star Wars news website. We love it. Tell your Ewok, tell your cousin, the more the merrier. Their castle spice. Yeah, you know. That's it. Tell Roger Whiteside, the CEO of Greg's. This is the podcast <laughs> that you're looking for. <laughs> so until next time from me, see ya. And from Luke. Oh, may the force be with you. <laughs> Always. Luke. Luke. Bark Mewbold. 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 Essex-based podcast heroes...
attractive as the Star Wars world is, uh, sooner or later you have to leave home and go on to some other place. Tell that to Kanja Club. <laughs>